Welcome to the Inner Huddle Extra Time. Welcome along to the Pezzas Elite Training Camp. We're joined with special guest, Danny Mills. How are you doing, Danny? I'm very well, thank you. Good. I have 12 questions in front of me. Um, it's our usual format for our podcast. I'm sure you're an avid listener. Um, and On subscription. Absolutely. <laughs> You'll get a notification <laughs> yeah. about your own podcast. Um, some of them have been sent in from some of the kids, some via Facebook, and some I've just made up myself. Fair so enough. So we've got 12 of them. <clears throat> we'll try and head through them. And we've got some here that the kids on the camp yeah, perfect. Have, have actually written. And I'm sure if anyone wants to shout one out later, we can organise that too. Well, put their hand up and wait to be asked. You know, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know how long our microphone is there, but another job for Ben, maybe. Right over there, Ben? Good. Right. Straight into question number one, then. Go for it. Right. Question number one. Tell us a bit more about your journey and what teams did you play for? Oh, how long have you got? Um, I was... I'll go right back to the beginning. Uh, probably your sort... Well, some of your ages. Uh, I was 11 years old. Uh, I was at Norwich at the time, uh, living in Norwich. That's my hometown. Went for trials, effectively, uh, which was School of Excellence, which was sort of the academy's ish back then you know talking 30 years ago long long time uh went for a trial didn't get in the first year uh obviously was very very disappointed came away feeling disappointed rejected uh and was tough but thought no i'm gonna go away work on things uh work on my passing work on my touch which wasn't i wasn't particularly great at i was always fit i was always strong uh but technically i wasn't brilliant so i went away worked on that got in the, the second year uh, and then started to work my way through the Norwich Schoolboy Academy system. Uh, got to age 15, 16, uh, started to play in the youth team um, at Norwich, the under-18s. And then very, very fortunately, started playing in the reserves. And my first call-up into the first-team squad uh, was away to Aston Villa, back when Norwich were in the, the Premier League, a uh, long time ago that as well. Uh, but yeah, very, very exciting. Didn't play, didn't get on the bench, uh, but was part of the squad. It was one of the, I think, 15, 16-man squad it was back then. Only three substitutes. Uh, and that was amazing. And then in the November, there was a few injuries. Um, I got in another squad and I signed professional contract. Uh, and I made it onto the bench uh, for Everton versus Norwich. Uh, so I walked into the dressing room. Didn't really know what the subs were going to be and just saw Mills 33 uh, on the wall and thought, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm going to be substitute against Everton. Players like Duncan Ferguson back in the day that, you know, evil, vicious centre forward. Uh, very, very aggressive. Uh, halfway through the game, two defenders had broken noses uh, and one had a split eye and I was sat on the bench quivering uh, and shaking um, and didn't really want to go on. Um, I was a little bit scared as a, as a young 17-year-old. Uh, the following season, Martin O'Neill came in uh, from Wickham Wanderers um, as, as the manager. Pre-season, I worked very, very hard uh, and he gave me a chance. Uh, opening day of the season, Luton Town away in, in the, what was League One Championship, whatever it was, equivalent of the Championship back then. Made my debut uh, away at Luton. Sunday afternoon, live on TV, uh, all going really well, excited, adrenaline pumping, gave away a penalty. Um, <laughs> it didn't start particularly well. Uh, fortunately, we went up the other end uh, and, and scored very, very quickly within about two or three minutes, but it was the longest two or three minutes of my life. Uh, I think I was just a little bit over-enthusiastic. Went to challenge somebody, push somebody in the back, gave away a penalty. Uh, then had a decent season. Uh, followed it up with, a, with, a, with another season and then had a little bit of a falling out with the manager um, over a couple of selection issues uh, and then was left really to play in the reserves for the next six months or so and I was just desperate. I'd, I'd had a taste of first team football, I wanted to play. I was prepared to go drop down a division, even two divisions, just to play football. Um, that's what I wanted to do, you know, serious football, Saturday afternoon, three points. Lots of clubs were, lower clubs were interested. Uh, but it was, wasn't until the end of what was then the, the transfer window in March, age 20, that Charlton came in for me. Uh, I'd played in a representative game for the under-21s, England under-21s. Alan Kerbishley, manager of Charlton, was the manager at the time. 
uh, and he needed a right back, somebody with a little bit of pace, um, a good defender. Uh, I luckily had a, a good game, so it just goes to show that sometimes it's all about, it's not about luck, but it's about timing, you know, playing, in the, playing well at the right time. He brought me in uh, and we went on a, an incredible run. I scored on my debut away to Crewe. And then we had 10 games towards the end of the season, won every single one, uh, didn't concede a goal, uh, and then went into the playoff final against Sunderland, and we drew four each, <laughs> um, and then won 7-6 on penalties. Uh, and that took me to another level, uh, took me into the Premier League for the first time uh, proper. Uh, made my debut the, the following season at Newcastle in, in the Premier League, aged just turned 21. And then you start to realise that's where I want to be. You know, it's what you dream about as, as a kid, uh, what you really, ev everything that you want, it was there then. And we're talking at the time, Stuart Pearce was playing left back. Alan Shearer was obviously playing up front for Newcastle. They had an outstanding team at the time. But we, we managed with 10 men uh, to sneak a, a nil-nil. And then second game, we thought we'd cracked it. We beat Southampton 5-0. Uh, Clive Mendonca scored a hat-trick. And I think we were second in the league after two games. Uh, and we thought, ah, this Premier League, it's a bit easy, this, isn't it? Um, no bother. We got relegated um, that season. Uh, I, I think we set the record at the time for, for nine straight defeats. Uh, and, and it's tough. You know, you're, you're playing against some of the best players, even at that point in the world. But I then got another move, uh, went to Leeds United, uh, which was incredible, really. I'd, I'd gone from not playing, being left out, playing in the reserves week in, week out, to suddenly getting this move to Charlton, getting promoted, getting relegated, and then getting a move to Leeds, who'd finished fourth in the Premier League that season. We're playing, again, Europa League football um, at the time against the likes of Roma. The David O'Leary was the manager. Uh, they, they'd played against Roma. Obviously, Totti was there at the time in, in his prime and, and players like that. Went to Leeds, started very, very well. Uh, and then had a little bit of time out of the side and, and then four or five good years at Leeds. Uh, runs in what is the Europa League, UEFA Cup uh, and of course Champions League where we made it to the semi-finals. Then so Leeds. favourite time in football? Yeah, I, I had four really good years at Leeds. Um, I played for the under-21s while I was at Charlton. Played for the senior team, England obviously, when I was at Leeds and, and played in the World Cup. Uh, and then unfortunately Leeds had a financial meltdown uh, too many of us got paid too much money. Uh, we didn't perform. We didn't make the Champions League. Uh, and then it started to fall apart. I went to Middlesbrough uh, for a year. Uh, Gareth Southgate, good friend of mine. Um, I'm sure you know who he is these days. Um, he was a player once upon a time um, before he became England manager. I uh, went to play with Gareth at Middlesbrough. Uh, played up there. Uh, managed to win the League Cup, Carabao Cup, or Carling Cup as, as it was then, while I was there. And then went to Manchester City. Uh, before they were good, to be honest. Um, they, they weren't. I'd like to think I started the revolution of, of Manchester City becoming good, but that would be a complete lie. Um, but now I went it to Manchester... Close. It was, it was close. It, it was almost. Went to Manchester City. Uh, had, had a couple of good seasons, but got injured uh, for the first time in my career. Broke my leg um, in a game against Arsenal uh, and missed from November, missed the whole season, the rest of the season. Came back played the first month of the next season, uh, broke my leg again and missed the whole of that season. Uh, and then getting back fit, went to join Pezza down at Charlton. Um, had a fabulous six months down there, really enjoyed my time playing in, again, the, the championship as it was at the time. I think we were second in the league. Um, I think obviously Andy Reid, who was here last year. Uh, players like that, Ben Thatcher, some good bunch of players uh, but it didn't quite work out. I, I couldn't quite secure a move. Basically, Charlton couldn't afford me at the time. Uh, and I left there and I went to Derby. Uh, and for those that don't know, Derby had one season in the Premier League and they hold the record for the lowest points total ever <laughs> um, of 11. Uh, so you can imagine 11 points. They got battered every single week. I joined there in the January. Uh, but I would like to say that the last game that I played for Derby, I only played two games for Derby. Well, one and a half. I played the first, and I think we lost 1-0 to Wigan. Second game I played down at Portsmouth. Portsmouth away, 30 minutes into the game. Uh, just went in for a challenge, twisted my knee. Came off after 32 minutes um, and never played a game. Uh, that was it. Career finished, aged 30. Probably five or six years 
seven years too early. Um, but that's what can happen sometimes. But I like to say that the last game I played for Derby, we were winning 1-0. Um, and had I stayed that season, I reckon Derby would have stayed up and not had the lowest points total ever. No, we'll never know. Again, another fabrication of the truth. Um, it's not good to lie, kids, um, but it happens. So that's a sort of a, a quick overview and snapshot. So plenty of clubs, played around a bit, played with some great players, uh, made some great friends with, within the game uh, and enjoyed a, a fabulous career and probably a, a, a good 10 years in, in the Premier League. It's, um very similar to my own footballing journey. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I was and, born in Norwich. And, 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 yeah. <laughs> born in Norwich, so... Are we, we, we are related then. We are related, related yeah. yeah. We're not just bookers. <laughs> right, well, cheers for that, because I think you've answered just about every single question right. we got down here. So, um, I've got here question number two. How old were you when you started playing, so just in general? I, I started playing... I mean, football wasn't as organised as it was now. It was basically turn up as a six, seven-year-old, just go down the park, and there'd be about 100 kids... Um, and it was 11 aside, massive pitches. You know, the, the score would be like 19, 20 every single game. Um, the big, fast kids used to be the better kids because there wasn't futsal. Futsal didn't exist. Small goals didn't exist. Small pitches didn't exist. It was, what, you know, it was adults' pitches. So I used to go down with my older brother um, and, and play in his team, get kicked all over the park because I thought I was, a, I was a little bit cheeky, you know, to try and get involved with the bigger kids. Uh, do you think it was good for your development, though? Did it? It, it was back then because the game was completely different. You know, it was much. It was. A, it was physical. You know, and you had to be able to stand up to the, the physical battle. You know, it wasn't anywhere near as technical as, as it is nowadays. Playing out from the back didn't exist. <laughs> you could pass the ball back to the goalkeeper and he could pick it up. You know, this is this is way back when. This is before. This is before the internet existed. Um, no this is before Snapchat. This no. is before. This is before Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> And all those, although this is before mobile phones. No, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, this, this is going way, way back. Yeah. But that's how it was. So I started playing then, uh, and I just loved playing. You know, I'd go down, go to the park. We'd play in the, the block of garages at the end, end of our row of houses. We'd open one garage, you know, if it was, if we were lucky and there wasn't a car in it, and we'd use that as a goal. <laughs> you know, we'd play with a tennis ball in the street, yeah. all those type of things. You'd go and knock for your mates. And, you know, generally, there would always be one kid that had a decent ball. Even if you didn't like him, you go knock on his door. You know, can, can you come out and play, mate? And and if he didn't, you say, can we borrow your ball? You know, and yeah. that that was how it was. So, do I just love playing football. Early grounding as the best grounding, <coughs> other than you know, obviously you had lots of coaches along the way and stuff. But yeah, that initial I, I think, ground is that the most important thing? I think that's just how it was back then. I mean, I, I'd have I'd have loved to have been you know part of this and and have this sort of the coaching from early on and, and the setup. But it's just how it was. You know, we used to go out and play. The rule was, you know, from parents, when the street lights come on, you come home. Yeah, yeah. You know, simple as that. We didn't always obey those rules. We'd, we'd jump over fences, you know, to go and play in the school and play in the park and, and that type of thing. But we just wanted to play football. And, and I think that was, it's just that love of playing. It doesn't matter where you are, how many of you are. We'd go down the park and you play six against three. You give people a 10-0 head start. You know, no goal. We won't have a goalkeeper. Rules, you, yeah, and, it, and and that's what it was. I think kids just want fairness and, and yeah. they want competition. And it'd be always be like there'd be a group of kids on the far side and say, right, can, you know, can we challenge you? Can we play against you lot? Yeah. Oh, well, it's not fair because you'll beat us. Well, we'll give you a ten 0 head start, and we well, can only an extra player. Yeah, we can only score their left foot and, and things Make like one that. One goal smaller and one bigger. And yeah. So and, and you know, and that was how it was. So it was just, it was just a love of playing football. And when you talk to the likes of you know Wayne Rooney and, and kids playing in the street. It doesn't really happen so much these days. Yeah. Playing Do you in the think football's overcoached a bit now. They miss that because we try <sighs> to bring it back. So that's why we called it street soccer. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's life in general. You know, there, there are a lot more issues around life, and we're aware of a lot more things. You've got to look after people. You know, we were left to our own devices um, a lot of the time. Both mum and mum and dad were out working at the time. You know, I'd come home from school, there'd be nobody there, you'd just go and play football. And you were trusted to, to look yeah. after yourself. It doesn't, that can't happen in this day and age. Um, and it shouldn't happen, you know, let's be honest. There are pluses and minuses to both those things. But I think the most important thing is having that love of football. You know, it, it doesn't matter what you do, it, it's about playing. It's about enjoying what you do. You know, it, it's not about, don't play football to become a footballer. Don't play football to make money. Don't play football to, to win trophies. Play football because you love it. Um, and, and that's the most important thing. And 
I think you see that now. You know, I, I still play the odd charity game when I can get involved. My, my knees aren't great. My back's not great. But I do what I can and I play because I love it. Um, and I get a bit carried away from time to time. And I still think I'm great. Well, actually, I was never great. Um, <laughs> but I still think I'm better than I was. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just... It, whenever you play now, it just rolls back, you know, the, the rolls back to when I was a kid um, and, and just that love of playing football. Right. I think you touched on this a little bit, but question number three is, what major setbacks did you have along the way? Because obviously with the kids, we try to... Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Um, it's really tough. So you have to remember any player that gets... There are very, very few players that get to the top. You know, when you look at Liverpool and Manchester City... They're probably going to win the Premier League for the next however many years. So there's only one team that can win the league. There's only 20 players that are going to pick trophies up you know, in the next five, ten years. Everybody else just has to deal with it. So that first knockback as, as a kid at 11 years old, not getting in um, to the trials was tough. But you, you learn from that and think, OK, I've got to improve. I've got to work harder. I've got to do my bit. So that's what I did. And then you get sort of into first teams and then you get left out of the side, you know, and that's not particularly easy. I'd had a good season um, at Norwich. I'd, I'd played 35 games as a 18, 19 year old. Started the season, picked up a little injury and then got left out and then got left out for the, for the rest of that season under Mike Walker at Norwich. And, and that was tough because I, I thought I was good enough. I'd proved the, the, the season before uh, and I wanted to play. And then you just, you're always getting knockbacks. People always doubt your ability. People always say you're not good enough. You know, you're not, technically you're not good enough. You give the ball away too much. You're not this, you're not that. You shouldn't be playing there. You got lucky. All these types of things. And it was really interesting listening to, to Joe Cole um, last week on, on Talk Sport. And he said he, he played under Mourinho. Um, and Mourinho, whatever people think, is still one of the greatest coaches and managers of all time. And Joe said all he ever used to do was have a go at me. He said he used to give it to me every single game. He said I'd score, I'd come in a dressing room and he'd be on my case. Joe, this wasn't good enough, that wasn't good enough. He said, but I was so eager to please him. He said I was so desperate to do well for him that every time he, he told me something bad, I went out and I worked really hard to improve that. And he said that, that's the type of person that I was. That doesn't work for everybody, you know, being told you're not great at something all the time, you know, can be can have an effect. But then Joe said it, and something that rings true to me, when you suddenly get that little bit of praise, he said, I felt six foot tall, a million dollars. And he said, it, I just loved, all I needed was that one little bit of praise every couple of months just to know that I was doing well. And I was similar. You know, whatever happens in football, you never played a perfect game. You can score a hat-trick, but you could have scored four. You win four nil, you should have won five nil. You know, and we see that now with, with Pep Guardiola. It's a tough world, and, and especially in this day and age with social media, um, and, you know, Twitter and Match of the Days and Sky and all this and all the media, all the journalists, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody will, will say you're good at this and good at that and you didn't do this and your ratings on FIFA and all the rest of it all come into it. So every, you'll never, ever play the perfect game. So you've just got to know that you've gone out, done your best, given it everything you've got. And you know if you've played well, you're always going to make mistakes. You know, that's always going to happen. Uh, but it's how you deal with those mistakes and just saying, you know, okay, I didn't mean to make a mistake. You know, it's going to happen. No one goes out intentionally to make a mistake, whether the ball runs under their foot, the goalkeeper lets it through their legs. So you have to learn to get over mistakes very, very quickly and think it's happened. Move on uh, and move on to the next game. Okay, I think we'll have a couple more from me. Because um, yours are a bit boring, aren't they? A bit rubbish. Yeah, uh, <laughs> take a day with your answers, you know. It's going to feel <laughs> like that. Right. Um, <laughs> and you keep answering my other questions as we go along. Um, right. What do you think separates the small minority that do go on to have good careers from the thousands of talented players out there? Because there are thousands of talented Oh, yeah. Uh, the most important thing is work rate and hard work. I was brought up with desire and dedication. Um, they are the two most important things. If you have desire, you know, you are going to push yourself, you are going to work harder than everybody else, what, no matter what. And then it's the dedication, you know, to, to sacrifice when you could be at home, maybe sat on the PlayStation, Xbox with your mates, or 
could I be outside kicking the ball against the wall, practicing my keep-ups, doing some little skills? The weather's bad. Do I want to go outside? I can't be bothered. Do I need to get fit? Do I need to wake up in the morning? It's cold, it's wet, it's windy, but I need to go for a run. You know, I need to do those things. So desire and dedication. There are incredibly, there are lots, lots of players that were far more talented than I ever was, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. But I would say I worked harder, uh, was more dedicated and, and made sacrifices. Uh, and that's what you have to do to become the top in any sport, whatever it is. Were you very aware of that from a young age, though? Did you realise Yeah, that? I think because I, I, was never, I was never the best player in my team. You know, you all know that when you play in a team, you all know who the two or three best players are. I was sort of like mid of the road, sort of out of a team of 10, I was five and six. You know, I was never, I was never great. I was never particularly skillful. Um, I was never going to be one of those players. So I knew that I had to work hard. I had to work on my game more than anybody else. I had to be fitter, I had to be stronger. I had to be more positionally aware at times. So I, I knew to compete with everybody, that's how I had to be. And, and that was a, a real good grounding for me. I was always the fittest every pre-season. Uh, I'd be up there in the top three. And if I wasn't, I'd make sure that I was. Um, even with England and national team, I was you know, sort of in the top three of, of fittest players. That was what I was about. I had to be fit. I had to be get up and down the right-hand side as a, as a full-back. Uh, that's what I had to do. So, yeah, that, it's being prepared to give something up. You know, you don't get anywhere in life without sacrifice, uh, no matter what it is. And, and it's working out how much you're prepared to sacrifice to, to put that hard work in. OK, talking of England, um, this question, it seems to be a good time for young English players at the moment. What are your thoughts on the current crop of youngsters? In particular, the possible lack of players that it can, cite, can excite us. So I've written a few here. We've got Gazza, McManaman, Joe Cole we've talked about, Barnes, Waddle, Beckham, Gerrard, Owen. There doesn't seem to be any <coughs> magic players about at the moment, although it's a good crop. No, but I think you, you're now starting to look at Rashford, Hudson-Odoi, uh, Phil Foden, players coming through. Uh, I think you guys are lucky. Um, sat here, the, the English game for a long time was about pace and power and being strong. Um, and playing direct now it's very very technical and we're starting to see that with all these young players coming through so the last 15-20 years of coaching that you're now getting the benefit of is about small sided games is about being technical it's been out past take people on do tricks skills excite people go past people score goals take risks play out from the back do a Cruyff turn you know, do a jink go past a, a forward player in your own box all these types of things have, have really helped these players come through and we're starting to see that now you know you're starting to see young players English players go abroad uh, and because they're technically good enough so I think it's a really exciting era for young players there are now we're starting to see the likes of yourselves look up to these young players and think actually I want to be now Phil Foden I want to be Hudson Adoy. Yeah. I want to be Marcus Rashford you know whereas before it was always foreign players you know they'll always be the Messi's and the Ronaldo's of, of course and, and some of the Ajax players but I think now there is real English talent to aspire to. And that's what we all need. We all need people to look up to. And we all need people that almost we want to be. You know, I, I did it in my, back in my day. I wanted to be Rude Hullet. It was never going to happen with the dreadlocks <laughs> and everything else. Um, but, you know, there are players. Yeah, you see skills and, and goals and, and Van Basten scoring goals and players like that. You know, you, you try and emulate that in the park and, you know, chipping balls in. So I think the current crop of youngsters are exceptional. Uh, you know, very, very talented. And I think over the next five or six years, that is only going to get better and better. Cool, right. Let's um, throw some questions out here. We handed out some paper earlier in the week. So I've got some, if I can read them, we'll fire some of these off. If you can't read them, I I'll read them. I haven't vetted them yet. I haven't got the glasses. Right. right. Um, this is from, is it, uh, it's one of the Maltese lads. Clever, is it? Clever? Right, cool. And we've got. We're calling Patrick Clivert for short. Patrick That's what Clivert. we're calling him. Yeah, he probably doesn't remember Patrick. <coughs> no, he remembers his, his son. Yes, he's still put. Is he Ajax? Is still is he? Uh, he's he's moved now, isn't he? Yeah, good player. Um, which was the hardest player you ever faced? Uh, hardest player. I don't know if it's most difficult or. Well, yeah, the, 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 so, well, yeah. So two are the, the most physically, the, the physically hardest player, um, as in taking elbows and getting kicked off the park, and all that type of thing, uh, was probably a, a guy called Mick Harford. Uh, Mick played for Luton. For all it, what you want to do is, when you get the chance, go on YouTube and put Mick Hartford Ant Celebration. 
There was a team that scored a goal and they celebrated. You know, in dead ants, you know, when you lay on your back and you put your arms and legs in the air. The whole team did that. And Mick Harvey just went and stamped on every single one of them um, and didn't <laughs> get sent off. That. I mean, this guy, this guy was, was an absolute... See the one person Vinnie Jones said he yes. was scared of. Yeah. This, well, I'm sure you've seen, you know, you've all heard of Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones wouldn't mess with Mick Harford. Um, we played in a reserve game once and he just sort of went like that, put the ball on his head and he ran across and he, he elbowed me and I felt, it felt like a cartoon. I felt like my head was rolling across the pitch. I, I woke up in hospital, I don't know, hours later, whatever. Completely out of it. Um, yeah, he, he was a bit of an animal, um, and he didn't even get sent off for that. Uh, but that's how Different it was. Era. Yeah, the, I suppose I was very, very fortunate to play against some amazing players um, through my England career, Leeds days in, in the Champions League. Uh, a young Cristiano Ronaldo, um, especially Ryan Giggs. Uh, you're talking Ronaldinho, uh, Rivaldo, Ronaldo, the slightly fatter Brazilian. Um, Ronaldo, uh, who is still, I, I would still say, is one of the best goal scorers, if not the best goal scorer of all time. Exceptional. But one player that tore me apart one time was David Ginola uh, for, for Tottenham, who playing at Leeds. Six foot four, big winger, beautiful, long, flowing hair. <laughs> you know, French guy could, could go. And what he, why he was really good, most left footed players at that time only had a left foot. You know, you're all taught to play with two feet. Left-footed players are never taught to play with their right foot. They're, they're always given that freedom that actually, if you're great with your left foot, you can just have a great left foot. It's acceptable. But Ginola could go both feet. Was absolutely brilliant. You know, he, he could knock it. He could do the step over. He could nutmeg you. He'd go past you. He was f strong. Had a fabulous left foot. Even just as good right foot as well. So he was one of the the greatest or the hardest opponents that I've ever played against. Did you mention Ronaldinho there? One yeah, of I mean, he was all right, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Still got him in your pocket. It's like that. Ronald, I think he's Ronaldinho. in a beach bar somewhere yeah, now, isn't he? Yeah, he's all right. He got sent off against me. He, had to, he tried to kick me off the park. Was it the quarterfinal of the 2002 yeah, World yeah. Cup? We yeah, when, when, we when, when he scored that fluky goal. Yeah. Um, he, he called it the drop in leaf and he, and he said he used to practice it, but he's never done it ever since. So. And there's a, no footage of him doing it before? No, a, a complete, you get, sometimes you get lucky. Complete fluke. What was that World Cup like? The whole oh, it, was, it was amazing. Uh, again, most of you remember it for David Beckham. Um, you know, it was the height of his career. He had the mohawk. You know, went, went, went for the mohawk. Was massive at that time. You must have played behind him, did you? In the yeah, yeah. Team, yeah. Um, How was that? Uh, it, it was good. I mean, I, I, was, I was just delighted to be there. Gary Neville got injured, and that's why I went to the World Cup and, and played. But again, I mean, it's, <coughs> it's almost... It's so difficult to describe, you know, walking out for that first game, you know, in the, sat in the, first of all, you sat in the room and you've been working on team shape all week, but the team's not officially been announced. So I'm sat there in a room like this, Sven's at the front, Sven Goran Eriksson's at the front, the manager, and I'm sat at the back where, where you guys are, and he goes, starts to name the team, and I'm, I'm sat there, my fingers crossed under my armpits, going, just please say my name, please say my name, please say my name. David Seaman, Mills right back. That is it. I never heard anything else mm. after that. You know, I was just so delighted and focused. But walking down that tunnel for the first time to play, and it was my first competitive England game. Um, I played in lots of friendlies up until that point. My first game, my first start, walking out, World Cup. Millions of people watching that game over in Japan. Uh, just one of the proudest moments that, that I'll ever have as a, as a person, uh, not, not just as a footballer. Who were the players in that dressing room that when you looked around for against anyone we got a chance today because we got uh, we, we had I mean we were it was a great era we players. were so close to having a great team we had probably I would say 8 out of the 11 players would walk into most teams around the world at that time uh, David Seaman exceptional goalkeeper Ashley Cole uh, arguably one of the greatest left backs in the world at that stage Sol Campbell uh, Rio Ferdinand centre halves uh, midfield, uh, Nicky Butt and Paul Scholes. Uh, and Owen Hargreaves sort of ro rotated himself and, and Nicky Butt. Owen had just won the Champions League with, with Bayern Munich at the time. Paul Scholes, we know, absolute legend of a player. David Beckham on the right-hand side. Uh, Michael Owen up front. And then to fill in the gaps, uh, Trevor Sinclair came into the team on, on the left-hand side. I mean, Trevor was a great player, but he, but he wouldn't have walked into most international sides. Uh, Darius Vassell or Emil Heskey up front 
uh, and myself at right back. So we were a little bit unlucky at that time. But on the bench, Martin Keown, Gareth Southgate, um, Teddy Sheringham at the time, you know, Robbie Fowler, some brilliant players uh, on the bench and, and in the squad, but we weren't quite good enough. But I, I learned an awful lot from a lot of the senior players uh, in the dressing room at that time. Excellent. Right. We've got one here from Kyle. What was the secret of your success? Pezza. Um, <laughs> that's it. You know, uh, Pezza. No, Funny, no. Everyone says that. Yeah. <laughs> and then laugh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. If, uh, if, if I'd have met him earlier in my career, may, maybe that would have You'd been have the won case. That world yeah, Cup. but I, I, sadly, I met him towards the tail end of my career. Um, now, it, it's just hard work, uh, first and foremost, and enjoying it. I, I love training every single day. I, I, I never missed training was always on time, always worked hard and enjoyed it. Uh, and, and that's the most important thing. Well, what else have we got here? Um, oh, we've had this one. Uh, is it Zines on, Sean? One of the multi lads? Zayan? Yeah, of course, that's what I meant. Yeah. Zayan, let's see. You've got a few here. How many goals did you score in your last season? Oh, none. <laughs> this is Derby. Yeah, but that was half a seat. Did I score half at Charlton? I don't remember. Uh, no, is the answer. How many did you score all told? Come on, let's go. In my career, um, let me work it out. So <laughs> we found one. Nine. Nine. <laughs> That's not bad. That was in my one career, day. by the way. That was in my career, not in one season. Um, yeah, and I got sent off eight times. Um, <laughs> so well, I, I balanced that out. So you know, nine goals as a defender, eight red cards. I'm in credit. I, I, I was one up. Uh, that, that's the way I, I looked at it. But I, I, I don't know why I didn't score many goal, more goals, actually. Um, it was before the overlapping... Yeah, but I, I had a decent back, shot from, from long distance. We found a great one for Leeds. Yeah. Sort of most, yeah. I, what I will say is most of my goals were spectacular. Yeah, so I was a scorer of great goals, not a great goal scorer. <laughs> yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, and when you do type in your name... To try and get some stuff. Uh, all, 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 so, all, all sorts, sorts all up. sorts comes up. I the, dread, I dread to think. The one with Robbie Savage is my favourite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Did Rob you make up afterwards? No. Or? No. Uh, it was an interesting story actually. So, Robbie Savage tried to take me out about sort of thigh high. Obviously, I turned around, picked him up by the throat. Don't, don't do that, kids. Um, it's not what you're supposed to do. Um, I got booked, but I got thanked by a lot of people for doing that. Um, it's kind of an iconic <laughs> time, picture. Yeah. Uh, but interesting. I, I, I then hadn't, I didn't see him, didn't play against him for the next sort of four years. We sort of we missed each other. I just, I'd signed for Derby. I've been at Charlton. I'd, I signed for Derby, and then three or four days later, Robbie Savage signed, and everybody was like, "Oh no, there's going to be a fight. Uh, Millsy's going to kick his head in. Um, you know, it's, it's all going to go off in a change, and this this could be really nasty." So I thought, right, I, I need to settle things down. So I went, I went and got the picture of me with his with hand on his throat, picking him up. And I put it on his locker. So when he came in first day, and I just put on it, Robbie, I love you, really. And, and he was great with it. And, it. and it just calmed everything down. But he knows not to mess, don't worry. <laughs> got one here from Benjamin. But I'm, I'm calmer now, don't worry, kids, don't worry. This is very calm now. I'm mellow now, I got old. Were you calm when you came to Charlton? Were you a lot calm? Yeah, you're very vocal. I only got sent. I got sent off once. Did you? My last, my last game. Was it? Yeah, last game for Charlton. I I got yeah sent off. Where was that? Uh, It was at home to Hull, um, and it was just before Christmas, which happened quite a lot in my career. I mean, purely coincidence. Remember Lloyd Sam getting sent (laughs) off? Was that before your Lloyd Sam? Oh, Lloyd Sam was there. Yeah, yeah. Away at Hull. Remember that? Ah. Yeah. No, I, I got sent off around about Christmas time quite often. I like Christmas. Yeah, like, like Christmas <laughs> off. Right, we've got a very polite one here from Benjamin. Dear Danny Mills, at what point in your life did you realise that you had a special talent? Um, and I still haven't realised that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking for that special talent. Now, I think I, I got to about 15, 16, uh, and I was an apprentice, um, and thought, I've got half a chance here. And I, and I think making that step up into the youth team at sort of 16... Um, and playing then thought actually yeah I've got a real opportunity to go forward and, and have a go at this so you know I, quite late really you know I've been at a professional club for what five or six years but only when I got sort of 16 17 did I actually really start to believe that I might have a career as a, a professional footballer got any from the floor at the moment that's out there anyone brave enough to 
Come on then, Archie. Nice, nice and loud so we can hear you. Will I play? Yes, I'm going to show you how to score goals. Um, <laughs> and then you can all do celebrations for me. Uh, no, I, I, again, I, I still, if I would play, I would still play every day. I'd, I was I'm very unfortunate. I, I had serious knee injuries that cut my career short very, very quickly before time. I still think, I, I still look after myself. I still keep myself fit. I still think in my head that I can play. Um, but one thing that goes as you get older and you've, you've had injuries is power. I used to be able to kick the ball the length of the pitch, no problem. There wasn't a stand on the, there wasn't a stand built that I couldn't kick the ball over um, from a clearance. But as you get older, your power goes, I, and I, and this day and age, I struggle to make the halfway line. Um, but no, I, if if I can, I will join in. Um, I want to talk a bit about Leeds. Um, Any Leeds fans? We've got Tom. Your dad's a Leeds fan, isn't he? Best team in the world. Oh, that's right. The Best team in the world, Leeds. Um, but they seem to be forget on the way about back. You, forget about your Southamptons and all that. So, and the Leeds are the best team. Um, the team you had at Leeds must be right up there with the best the Premiership had. Would you say? Yeah, we were we were unlucky at the time. Uh, we had a very very good squad. We it's were well remembered, isn't it? Yeah, we, we were top reasons. of the we were top of the league um, at Christmas, three points clear. Uh, we had an exceptional side um, in that period. You know, the likes of Robbie Keane, Jonathan Woodgate. Uh, Rio Ferdinand, uh, Lee Bowyer, Alan Smith, uh, you know, lots of internationals throughout the side. But yeah, just all good young players working hard. We just weren't quite good enough. And, and Man United were just great at that time. Uh, and, and they were our nemesis. We, we could not beat yeah. Manchester United, unfortunately. What were Champions League nights like? Um, I mean, again, we, f first game of the Champions League uh, was against Barcelona in the new Camp. So you, you walk down the tunnel, wow. and for those of you who don't know, the, the new country is strange because it's half it's below ground. So from it doesn't look huge from as you walk in, but you go down the tunnel. There's a little chapel on the left-hand side, uh, is where the home players go to say a little prayer. It should be for the away fans, the away players, to say a prayer because you just get absolutely ripped <laughs> apart. We got a football in lesson. We were three 0 down after 30 minutes, hadn't touched the ball, uh, and we just head was like that. Where's the ball? It's gone. Uh, they were just absolutely brilliant at that time, superb. Uh, but then we, we worked it out. We then played against AC Milan. Uh, we managed to beat them on the... The conditions were 10 times worse than they were tonight. It, it was biblical rain at the time. We scored a goal. Dida, the Brazilian goalkeeper, threw one in last minute, uh, let one through his hands, and, and we got a 1-0 win. And somehow we managed to qualify from that group you know, and AC Milan were one of the, the favourites for the competition at the time. We then got in the second group. That was back when the Champions League was two group phases. We were flying back uh, and we got sort of an announcement come through. The, the captain announced it on the plane. So in your next group, you've got Lazio, uh, who again were, you know, outstanding team at that time. Real Madrid uh, and Anderlecht. And we just went, oh. <laughs> we've, we've, we've just come through one group of death. Uh, and now we've got to play, obviously, like the likes of Real Madrid, uh, who again, I think they, they, won, they, they won it that year. Uh, they were absolutely exceptional. But yeah, just great experiences, you know, going to some of the best grounds in the world. I didn't actually play in the Bernabeu. Um, I was suspended for that one, uh, which was a shame. Christmas time. No, it wasn't. But no, it wasn't. But it was a tactical. It was a tactical uh, suspension. Um, I was on two yellow cards, and one more meant that I would miss the quarterfinal or potentially missed the quarterfinals and semi-finals as far as we went so we'd already qualified from the group you got to semi didn't you, you yeah so playing against Anderlecht it was decided that if I could get a yellow card I would miss the last group game um, I, I, I like to put myself in the category of Sergio Ramos because he, he does I think he copied me um, <laughs> he's doing a podcast at the moment well yeah exactly uh, yeah he, he's somewhere in Madrid doing a little podcast <laughs> in coaching school um, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I took a, te a technical foul to miss the game uh, against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. Sort of regret it now, because at the time I thought, well, it's going to happen every year that you'll be in the Champions League. But, of course, missed out on playing in one of the greatest stadiums ever uh, and never got the opportunity to play again um, there. But, you know, it was one of those things that had to be done at the time. It meant that I played in the quarterfinals uh, and the semifinals of the Champions League. And who was it in the semi? Uh, we played Valencia um, at the time. Uh, and then again, they obviously got to the final. Mendieta was their key player at the time. Uh, Mendy, was, Mendy was the most expensive player in the world um, at that stage. 
I think just after that Champions League, Lazio bought him for thirty-five million pounds. Um, and when you go, if you go back, what's that? Two thousand and two thousand and one. So that's a real long time ago. Uh, thirty-five million back then would probably be the equivalent of a uh, hundred and eighty million pounds um, in, in today's money. So that, that's how good uh, uh, Mendieta was at that stage. Anything from anyone else out there? Oh, we'll go for it. Paul. Um, no, I didn't. I, I was I was fortunate. Well, fortunate and unfortunate. Uh, he obviously he was at Leeds um, before I was there before before my time. But no, I, I just missed the Cantona era. I think he finished in ninety. He, he finished ninety five, ninety six in the Premier League, uh, and I think I was in the champ or the division below at that stage. And I was great player, um, but yeah, didn't unfortunately didn't get to play against him. Okay, front row. Favourite player, player ever? I mean, I think growing up, uh, I was a bit weird actually. I, I liked, I like, I like defenders. Um, but I think, have, have, look, looking back now, I, I always been a defender. I wasn't good enough to be a midfielder or a forward. Um, but I think uh, Cannavaro for Italy, you know, was an exceptional player. Uh, you know, just Italians were always great and still are. Italians are some of the best defenders in the world and. As much as people don't want to defend because it's not fashionable uh, in this day and age, everyone wants to play out from the back and this. Defending is a huge part of the game and, and the Italians are still some of the best at it. Yes, Tom? How many own goals have you scored? Ooh, well, this is well I, was, I was put down only one, um, but I don't, think it's an, I don't think it's a deserved own goal. I, I still dispute the fact. It was a, it was a deflection. So it, it wasn't, I didn't, you know, pass it back to the keeper I didn't smash it in my own net uh, I think it was, quick. it was against Manchester United um, at Middlesbrough Quinton Fortune hit a cross in and it was sort of going towards the goal and it caught my hip and then sort of went into the far corner so I don't know it, it, it's a vote is, is that an own goal is that really that's not it's not that's yeah, not, it's not it a proper yeah. it's not a proper own goal though is it you know what I mean come on give me the benefit of the doubt Quinton probably didn't score many well no he yeah I, he, he can have it goal. he yeah, can he have can it have don't it. worry about that right have you got there Hugo Charity, mate. I, I got asked to play in the first games. Uh, what's the uh, what's the one there that Beckham and everyone plays in? Uh, soccer aid. I got asked to play in the first soccer aid, but my knees weren't good enough at that stage. And then I got asked time and time after that, but it's too good now. The standard is just ridiculous. Um, I couldn't have played against some of those players when I was fit, um, <laughs> let alone ten, year, ten years being retired and, and being injured. But now I, I just I just do what I can uh, wherever it is. I, I go and play, turn up. And I still, I get carried away. I, I often give away a penalty, um, get a yellow card, old, old habits, uh, unfortunately. Yes, in the middle there. Uh, what's your favourite stadium you've played in? Favourite stadium? Favourite stadium. Uh, again, I, I've been very, very fortunate. One of the best, best away grounds ever is still Ellen Road, Leeds United. Um, still one of the best atmospheres ever. Uh, but I think, I suppose, the great... The greatest, not, not necessarily the greatest stadium, um, and a lot of people have never been there, never played there. We played Argentina in the World Cup um, in Sapporo, and it was inside. Um, it was in a, a baseball stadium that was in, indoors. Um, actually, the England World Cup rugby team are playing there uh, this year, but just unique, just completely different to play in completely an indoor stadium. No, not a roof, not one where the roof closes. Um, that was just, you know, and we beat Argentina. You know, David Beckham scored the penalty. So that's a, an incredibly different and strange thing. But I've, I've been very, very fortunate to play in some of the best stadiums uh, around the world. Cool. Yes, Sean, ma'am. Who, who did you look up to when you were younger? I was born in Norwich. I looked up to the likes of Steve Bruce um, and players like that. Um, I mean, there, there was, I mean, it sounds, I sound so old and I, and I just can't <laughs> I am old I'm not that old but football wasn't on telly you know an awful lot you know you, you had match of the day and that was it um, and we didn't even have a video recorder back then you've got no idea what a video recorder is forget all this technology <laughs> so you know you had to stay up bear in mind you'd be like you know eight nine years old if your parents would let you stay up till like 10 11 o'clock at night which was never going to happen you didn't watch it so you, you probably got to see one live game a month um, so you, the only players that you could aspire to be w was going to, to watch your hometown club um, and, and that was Norwich at the time and you know it was it was 
Steve Bruce, Kevin Drink, uh, Kevin Drinkle, uh, Dave Watson, players like that, Rule Fox uh, at the time. Have you supported Norwich? Are they yeah, still your team? No. No? Um, You're a Leeds I, fan now? Yes. Yeah. No, yes and no. I, I, I was a Norwich fan all the way through until I left. Um, and, I, and I left the club on bad terms. And it soured my relationship with them, really. Um, and has done ever since. Um, You're like pantomime villain when you go back there. Yeah, not that I'm yeah. bitter and twisted, <laughs> um, but I am. Um, but yeah, so I, and it, it's hard once you once you've played for a lot of clubs, it's hard to be a real football fan. In all honesty, um, you know, you, you tend to. A lot of my friends are Leeds fans, uh, and it's where I live, so that that's the that's the club that I look out for most. Yeah, good reception there. Then. Yeah, yeah, Le- yeah. And, and Leeds fans. One of the only clubs Leeds fans like me. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I like going back there. <laughs> right, someone else. Uh, is it Archie again there? Uh, explain your dirtiest tackle. Explain Dirt. your dirtiest tackle. Now you're getting into how the... Long, how, long have you, how long have you got? Um, I'll show you I'll show you a video. It's not I'll show you a still actually it's afterwards if we can get it on a bigger screen or whatever. I um, mean it was horrendous. Um Of course they did. Um <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Um actually I mean it, it's it is actually horrendous. The, the a pal of mine took the picture. I was playing for England. Um I was actually it was one of, it was Wayne on his debut. Uh, I was Sven changed the whole team at half-time and I was, I was captain for the second half. We were playing against West Ham, uh, at West Ham against Australia. I, I went out and there was a, there's a, there's a tackle and I'll show you, it, it's just awful. I've missed the ball by some distance. Um, no, not, not, no, no, bizarrely. It was one of the ones where I didn't. Did I, did I, I never went out to injure anybody deliberately, but you had to look after yourself and it, and it was a different era. Uh, sometimes it was a case of if he, he's going to come, I know he's coming to kick me, um, so I've got to look after myself and, and maybe kick him first. Bearing in mind, Dennis, Dennis Burkamp broke my leg um, it, and left his foot in. Um, you know, Dennis was an exceptional player, but had an edge and could be a little bit nasty. And so not many people know that about him. But no, but ev- all top players have that edge. You know, you don't get there. But it's the, the, the game was completely different. You know, if I'd have played the same way Today, as I played back then, I'd have had about six red cards in the first half of every game. But it's it's just it's just how it was. Um, you know, the, the game. Thankfully, the game has moved on completely. I mean, to, to sum that up, as a fullback or as a centre or as a defender, if I didn't go straight through the back of my winger or centre forward first tackle when I was 15, 16, I used to get taken off. Um, that was how it was. You know, you first. First tackle. No, they're in a game. And yeah, that. first tackle was free. You know, it didn't make any difference how bad it was. You didn't get booked. You gave away a foul, and, and that was it. And it, and it was dangerous. Um, and, and players got injured off the back of it. So thankfully, now that that's been outlawed. Adam at the back there. Best coach that I've worked with, Steve McLaren. Uh, exceptional coach. Not great as a man manager. Um, struggled a little bit with big players and big egos. Uh, and struggle with that whole dynamic. But as a coach, one of the most inventive, one of the most informative, every session was fun. Every session was enjoyable. You wanted to work hard in those sessions and you learned an awful lot from those sessions. So as, as a coach, he was at, actually exceptional. Um, Brian Kidd, again, w- was very, very good for, for slightly different reasons. Kiddo made you feel like the greatest player on the planet. Would always give you confidence, no matter what. Managers I worked with, hundreds of really, really bad ones. Um, but bizarrely, Alan Pardew, my second time at Charlton, was very, very good. Um, I was a senior player at the time. It allowed me a little bit of freedom and allowed and, and trusted me. And I, and I think entrusted the senior players to, to look after themselves. And a good man manager, wasn't he? Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what the top coaches do. They, they allow senior players to run the dressing room because they set the standards. You know, if the senior players are turn up on time they work hard all the younger players have to follow suit uh, and, and I think you know, that, that's the way it should be Just a bit more about players who were like your favourite players to be around the, the pranksters and the jokesters I mean there were uh, there must be so many but Well, and Andy Reid who you had here Reedy was obviously yeah, Reedy. Was, was great um, <laughs> Gary, Gary Kelly was fabulous uh, Ben Thatcher uh, Thatcher was, was absolutely brilliant I he's my favourite of all time Ben Thatcher was Jekyll and Hyde. Um, 
you know, it was absolutely superb, uh, laughing and joking. But what I liked about Thatcher as well, he was there was a time to be serious, and it was the moment the coach said, "Right, we're training." It was serious, and he worked very, very hard. The moment the session stopped, it was laughing, jokes, games, kicking balls away, kicking balls at people, you know, all sorts of things going off. <laughs> Michael Dubry um, <coughs> played at Chelsea. Uh, again, was, was, was a fabulous character. We had a, tra a new training ground built at Leeds at the time. We had a swimming pool built, an indoor facility. It was fabulous. Dubs wasn't in the team at the time, so he went and bought some ducks and put them in the swimming pool. Um, and he bought some chickens and put them in the indoor area and just let the chickens run around. Um, so trying to see the coaches trying to catch these chickens was, was quite fun. I don't recommend that, but it was, it was good fun, good days. Anything else? Um, Tom, second question from you. Who's the best player you've played against? Best, again, I was very, very lucky. Uh, Harry Kewell was incredible. Harry Kewell was like Gareth Bale, you know, sort of 15, 20 years ago. Uh, left-sided player that could play up front would score 20 goals plus a year in the Premier League uh, was absolutely outstanding but Paul Scholes was just exceptional um, his vision his ability his touch could play all sorts of passes but one of the most his finishing was just off the planet you know he's just the forwards always used to do shooting afterwards the defenders would try and join in and we'd be kicking balls everywhere but Paul Scholes no matter what he had this ability to hit volleys and ju just smashing volleys, but top corner, top corner, top corner, top corner, time and time again. He, the, the power that he had, but also the accuracy to... Most of us, you know, if, if I... And we'll do it this afternoon if we get outside. You, know, you have a shot and you're trying to hit it as hard as possible. You're just trying to hit the goal. You know, if it goes in the top corner, it's generally a little bit lucky. Paul Scholes would aim for the top corner. He'd go, right, right corner, he'd pick that one out. Left corner, pick that one out. And he would do it 99s out of 100. He would pick out that top corner. He, his finishing was just like I've never seen before. Do you think he was a little bit underappreciated, Scholes? Definitely. Um, he was unlucky. He, he played for England often on the left-hand side. Because um, a lot of pros do say, don't they? They pick yeah. him out as being the Paul, one. Paul, Paul Scholes, his ability... I mean, he was scoring hat-tricks for England, playing out of position. You know, that, that's how good he was. But I think if you, when you speak to players, he, he is one player. And I think even Zidane said that, he, you know, he, he's one of the best players that he's ever played against. Yeah, Reedy picked him out last year. It just seems to be a running theme with Skulls. Because he's good. Yeah, <laughs> clearly, clearly. Um, Hugo? What's your least favourite team? Least favourite oh. team? Oh, got Man, Man United. Ooh. Man United, I mean... But it's also a compliment to Man United as well. I mean, they, they, were, they were just good. You know, and, and that was the problem. They were very, very good. Uh, but I, again, so I, I played for Leeds. There's a, a, a huge rivalry and a massive hatred between Leeds uh, and Manchester United. And then I played for Manchester City as well. Um, so, yeah. Yes, you weren't popular there. No, you, Man, 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 I don't, <laughs> don't like Man United. But equally, I don't really like Liverpool either. I don't, oh. Why not? What's, what's good about Liverpool? Why? Robbie Fowler? <laughs> no. He played with Fowler, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And McManaman? Yeah. yeah, yeah, play them with uh, Manchester City. One from Paul. Um, Just a few more then. We Quiet, please. I'm sure it was coming. I'm sure you've all seen this. I'm sure. How many times have you seen it this week? Danny's <laughs> coming in. Let's let's pull up. Let's pull up the Thierry Henry nutmeg video. One, it's one, it's not a proper nutmeg because he drags it from behind, so that's not a nutmeg. So I'm, I'm having that one. Uh, and and it, uh, seriously, this is this is genuine. Uh, I I still believe the ball was out of play. Um, I was trying to shield it into the corner. Um, it it would have been our throw in. I was trying to shield it. I thought the ball had gone out of play, and that's why if you look at my reaction afterwards, I look straight at the linesman. It's not about the the nutmeg. Had I believed it was still in play. Uh, and I thought he'd, he'd done me at that point. He sort of just dragged it back through my legs. I'd have wiped him out, and he'd have been in rose head. So, and and, and Pezzer will stick up for that. That that would have, if yeah. if that had genuinely been a proper nutmeg, that would have been my reaction. I'd have probably taken a red card for it. Um, but I didn't. I just went. What do you mean? I thought the ball was out of play. So yeah, the, the, these things happen. It's but it, I'm surprised you didn't get him back later though. I asked him about it actually. I did. Uh, we did the World Cup commentary together. 
uh, in France, uh, the opening game of the tournament, and, and I made a joke about it, and I said, uh, he hadn't, but I just said, oh, you know, actually, we just come on air, and I said, oh, actually, it's really interesting, Sierra, and he's just apologised and said that the ball was out of play. <laughs> <laughs> so don't believe everything you hear on radio. Right, last couple then, yes? I, I would have loved to have played centre forward, uh, but wasn't good enough. Um, I played wing back at times. I played in midfield a little bit. Again, wasn't quite good enough. Um, I mean, this is probably shouldn't say this a little bit wrong, um, but when I played, the better you were, the further up the pitch that you played. Um, so playing as a as a defender and then being out wide, I was probably one of the worst in the team. Um, <coughs> nowadays, fullbacks are a massive part of the game. You know, when you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, Robertson, Danny Alves, all these types of players, uh, absolutely superb. But the, the most, it's not always the case, but the most important players, the best players generally play down the middle of the pitch. It is different now because you have the likes of Mo Salah that play on the wings. But the era I played in, the centre, the spine of the team that often people talk about was probably one of the most important things. Okay, last one from Archie. Fancy football, no. It's too time-consuming. I don't have time in my life for it. Um, it's very, very difficult. Do I be playing golf? Yes. I, do I, 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 can't play, I can't play FIFA on the Xbox or PlayStation. I can barely turn it on. Uh, my kids just laugh at me uh, when it's I try to play it. the same era, won't Yeah. <laughs> uh, but having said that, you know, I, all, I don't... I don't like, you know, these modern terms of CDMs and this, that and the other and whatever. You're a, mid, you're a midfield player. You've got to be able to do everything if you're a midfield player. Forget about, you know, I'm a holding midfield player, attack midfield player. You're a midfielder. You've got to be box to box. You've got to stop goals, you've got to score goals. You know, you're a defender, you've still got to play out from the back. You're a centre forward, you've still got to defend as well. So I, I don't like all these positions where you are only this type of player. Uh, I don't like that. But... Obviously, my kid's gone about FIFA and the ratings and the gold cards. Dad, why haven't you got a Legends card? Why I wasn't good enough? Um, <laughs> as simple as that. that. Yeah, oh, all, all the time. Kids hammer me. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is, and, and I had to dig this out, I had to go into one of those like, second-hand shops uh, and I had to buy the whole, I had to buy the console and the game. I think it was on PlayStation, FIFA 03. Go through my scores, 93 rated. Let's give him a little round of applause. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, 93 rated. I have to say, though, the rating system was a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. Aggression was 10. <laughs> Speed was 10. Tackling was 10. So that sort of maybe boosted my rating a little bit. A bit yeah. But yeah, technically I was 93 rated, so I was a lot better than people think I was. And then finally, have you got any advice for... The, the players out there on our elite training camp going forward? Yeah, I think the most important thing is, you know, whatever level you want to get to, you've got to enjoy it. Uh, listen to your coaches, um, because now they've gone through stuff. It, it's very, very... I don't want to say don't listen to your mum and dad and don't listen to parents and aunties and uncles, but your coaches are the most important. They're the ones that are teaching you the skills. You know, they're the ones that are giving you certain things to work on especially during games and when you're playing for your, for your school or your club, whoever it may be. You know, but the most important thing is go out and enjoy it because if you're not enjoying it, what's the point? You know, life is too short. You've got to enjoy it and, and take a risk at times. It does not matter. We all play to win and we all want to win because winning's great and it's the most important. It's not the most important thing. If you're a Premier League player, winning's the most important. But for you guys, it's about development and enjoying it. And if you want to try a Cruyff turn or you want to try a step over in your own six-yard box, in your own area, do it. If you lose the ball, it doesn't happen. So what? Do it again and get better at it next time. It's the only way to get better. Keep doing the right things. Because when you look at players like John Stones, you know, that is happy to do that. Alisson, the goalkeeper, you know, he didn't, you don't suddenly, you don't just, you're not just good at something. You have to practice it time and time again. And to get good at something, you've got to make mistakes. And you've got to make mistakes and get better at it. And it doesn't matter, even if it's a cup final or it's a really important game, keep doing the right things. Because eventually, you get good at those right things and then you start to win games off the back of that. So it's not... Winning's Process important. You have to go for yeah, it, try, it? trying to win, trying to do your best is very, very important. That is the most important thing. Always work hard. Always give it your best, but enjoy it. And don't be afraid to try things. Nobody goes out there 
intentionally to make a mistake. You know, that is the most important thing. So play out from the back, take a chance, try and dribble past a couple of players uh, because you will learn. You know, you will learn as you go up to make the right decisions when. But just keep practising, keep doing those things, keep taking people on. One of the hardest things in football is the ability to go past people. And, and this is where you learn that skill. So don't be afraid to take people on. Doesn't matter where it is. And also, don't kick the ball out of play. You know, you're far better, in my opinion, you're far better to try a skill, try and keep it in play and lose it and maybe lose a goal rather than just kick it into touch and, and give a throw away. You know, the, the ball is the most precious part and the most important thing in football. And out of a 90-minute game, you might only have that ball for one minute. That's it. So you play, you know, you play, let's just say you, you all make it, you're playing in the Champions League. You only have that ball for one minute. That's it. So enjoy it. Make the most of that ball while you've got it. Because most of the game is running around without it. And, and that's, I tell you, that's not as much fun. Right. Can we give uh, Danny a big round of applause? Pleasure.